0: For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right.
2: One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Guillaume Bouvard. He's both the CMO and COO of Extend. He's also the co-founder with two of his other friends. Prior to starting Extend, Guillaume spent 12 years at American Express in a variety of roles, including running the payments consulting business, innovation and partnerships, data solutions, business transformation, and MA integration. He's also advised C suite leaders as a leader in the strategic planning group for several years. And prior to joining Amex, Guillaume led marketing efforts at Capital One and earned an MBA from the MIT Sloan School of Management. On the show today, we talked quite a bit about his founding story with his two other friends, one of which also came from American Express. We talk about Extend and what they do today in the virtual cards and payment space that helps to give more control to businesses and understanding in terms of where their spend is going and and do many different reporting type things. We talk about the b 2 b to b challenge that he has working through his banking partners to access customers and new accounts and how he organizes marketing to support those efforts. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Guillaume Ubar. Well, Guillaume, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know we've got a lot to talk about but I have to start with the fact that you co-founded your business with three friends. And I feel like that could either be the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. Having started a business with my wife, it feels like you, you just got married to, to your friends.
0: <laughs> Definitely got married to our friends. And I don't think we expected that it would be so much time spent together when we did this. But let me maybe give you a little bit of, of a background on how it started. My co-founder, Andrew, and I were both at American Express. We are both executives over there in the payments, corporate payments division. And therefore, we were working together quite a bit at that time. Uh, we also happened to be both connected to France. And so we'd also spend a lot of time because of that together. We left American Express about the same time. And as we were interviewing and talking about our next job, we also were working on, on this idea of Xtap. Uh, at the same time, Andrew has an old friend called Danny, who is our CTO and co-founder, uh, who happens to be a tech wizard with whom he had been speaking about what we wanted to build together. Right? And so uh, the three of us at some point got together and, and decided to, uh, to launch Xtent.
2: I love it. I love it. And I, I'm assuming you're still friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly we are still friends. It's actually, it's actually uh, uh, really wonderful to work with people that you get along with. We also are fairly lucky in some ways because the, the skills that we have, uh, our expertise, our experiences are somewhat complementary. And so when it comes to running the business today and even from day one, we didn't walk on each other's feet too often. And therefore, we trusted each other's uh, experience, expertise, and the decision that we were making. And that, I think, was quite a gift along the way. We also have somewhat similar values and and education. And I think that also was
1: quite helpful.
2: Yeah. No, I would say so. I would say so. I mean, I think what you just described is probably pretty an envious situation for many C-suite leaders. If they could call their C-suite peers... Their friends and th- th- they have a shared set of values. Just to mate, just to uh, imagine what could happen, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Well, and, and in fact, if you think about it, just being three is actually really helpful when you create a company mm. um, yeah. for a number of reasons. One of them is obviously you can share the, the workload, and and at the beginning when you need to do everything in a company, I think being three is actually quite helpful. Um, you can, in some ways, you can divide and conquer, and that is. In some ways, a dream from that perspective. Yeah. Can also work with one another as sounding boards. And it happens all the time that we have questions, we have doubts, we have high and lows, and being able to rely on each other as these, as I said, sounding board is is really, really great. And and then finally, (laughs) you know, when it comes to decision making, sometimes there is some conflict. um, (laughs) And, you know, it happens that we are two against one, or if it's three against zero, then it's easy. Right. Um, but it's it's uh it's often going to be two against one when there's a, a challenging topic that we need to discuss, and usually the third one, the, the one who's alone, usually fold, mm. and, and that's based on the trust that we have established with one another, and that's that has been quite special.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, but very practical too. Well, you talked about your your background before at Amex. Maybe describe like just your career path in general. Like where did you get your start, um, and then what, what was the spark, I guess, to jump off and, and start your own thing?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I,
0: I'll give you the the, the rundown of my, my uh, experience in a couple of words, but I our a couple of sentences. You know, I, I started my career after a master in, a, in France, something that was quite quantitative and in business. And after that, I went to Capital One, where mm-hmm. I was actually focused on marketing there. I was doing a lot of, Customer acquisition marketing, very data driven. After that, I went to business school, uh, where I really learned about uh, the influence and how you can actually influence people. And I was fascinated by that, and and that was part of the, the, the spark into marketing. I think, you know, how do you influence others to actually go with your with your decision uh, and recommendation? Then I moved into uh, American Express, where. I did a lot of different roles there, but I was focused mostly on strategy and then on on business management. Mm. I was there for 12 years, working very closely with the CEO of of Amex and the executive suite over there. And then I left American Express and decided to create my my own uh, company, as, as I mentioned earlier, with Danny and Andrew. What has been quite, I think, special from my perspective was this idea that, I think deep down, I wanted to create a business. I'd wanted to create a business for a long time. If I just looked at everything I'd done over the years, and whether it was as, even as a teen, uh, already running some businesses as a teen, uh, all the way to all the work that I did at Capital One, where actually I, I co-launched the, the subsidiary of Capital One in a different country, and everything I was doing at American Express, which was also very entrepreneurial, always you know, launching new product, new business units, and so I was at, at the core, I was always launching things. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity came up to actually do it myself, I think I, I just jumped. It's, it's really rare that, you know, these opportunities come up where all the stars are aligned. Mm-hmm. And I felt very much so that after I left American Express, I had the right team uh, of co founders. I had really an idea that actually stood by itself with a lot of customer demand. And it was not an idea that would just, I had like randomly, you know, I was an expert in that field and I, I knew very well what customer needed because mm-hmm. um, I, I was working with them day in, day out for many, many years. And then we had the support of our network, of our families, etc. So there's just a lot of things that went together right and just felt it was the right time to do it.
2: Love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you do. What does Extend do?
0: <laughs> Extend is a great company for sure. So Extend turns basically credit card, business credit card, into a full spend management platform. And in some ways, we we do not compete with banks. That's actually quite important mm-hmm. here. We actually partner with them. We help them offer much better products to their clients. These are add-on. It's an add-on to an, in an existing credit card. And today we have partnered with a lot of banks like Annex, uh, BMO. In the US and in Canada, PWB, City National, Region, HSBC, etc. And we help basically, as I said, we help them uh, offer a, a much stronger solution to their business credit card holders. And with extend their, their card all of a sudden has superpowers. They can do a lot more things with their card than they, they could before. And that I think has worked quite well. If you, if you think about our result to date, last year we, we processed over $3 billion of volume on our platform. We have thousands of business clients, uh, many, many, many more users, obviously. But you know, there is definitely a demand for the platform that we have created. And we are quite excited about seeing it in action every day and growing really fast.
2: Love it. I love it. And so you mentioned American Express, BMO, a couple other banks. Um, banks are your primary customers. Is that the right way to think about it?
1: Uh, yeah
0: you could you could say that banks are our primary customers, but they are also in some ways you could like look at them as business partners and I actually right. refer to them as partners. Mm. They are so incredibly important for us as we are I think important for them. We help them grow their their business. I remember one of our top partners, actually their CEO did a presentation last year it was it was uh, Steve Square, the CEO of American Express in which he presented. A slide to the analyst community, and in that presentation, he put our logo and a couple others, mm. and he said, you know, when we when we implement one of these partner, Extend was one of them, on our card uh, clients, business card clients, mm. the spend increase and therefore the you can look at the spend as almost like a, a measure of uh, business size. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the spend increased by forty three percent. So we are we obviously deliver significant value to them the same way we see the deliver value to us. Right. But ultimately, you know, the, the user of our product is not the bank. The bank is mm. almost like a, a an enabler of our partner of our product for their clients. Right. But the user of our client of our product is actually the the, the business that holds the credit card uh, of our bank partners.
2: That makes sense. I mean so you've got banks as partners and they're kind of in some ways a, a channel or a conduit to their customers who are, are your customers as well, the, the businesses, the advertising agencies, marketers inside of companies that need expense management solutions. So like, tell me, like maybe we can pick off like agencies or internal marketers at a company, like how, how does Extend help them?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and marketers actually are a, a very large, or marketing agencies are, are a very large segment of, uh, of uh, clients. Mm-hmm. Not the largest, but a very large one. But today the marketers are really tech savvy, they are th- data driven, they are very much focused on, on the digital spend. And so everything around for them, everything has changed, but something that has not changed too much. It's actually the, the payment technology they've been have <laughs> been using for the last almost 40 years. And so I think we are here to try to close that gap. And so if I look at a couple of the examples of how they use our our platform. Some of some of the use cases are fairly standard for all businesses. You know, with Extend, you can empower your team member. You can send them a, a, a virtual card on the go anywhere in the world. Whether they are freelancers, contractors, employees, etc., interns. With Extend, you can actually cover all your recurring expenses. You can create basically virtual cards that actually are going to reset every month or every week as you prefer, so that you can actually pay for your Zoom. Or your Adobe, subscription, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You can also pay vendors uh, with Extend by creating as many cards as you want so that if one day the card is, is compromised, uh, you won't have to change it everywhere, et cetera. So there's a number of fairly standard ways businesses like marketing agencies use extend. Uh, and then there are use cases where that are very specific to marketing agencies. And I'll that, bring maybe Two quick examples for you to put things in in make it more real. Uh, The first one is a lot of marketing agencies today need to control the client, the the budget of their clients. So so their clients come to them and say, hey, I want to spend $20,000 a month on a campaign or uh, on a series of campaigns. And it's very complicated for marketing agencies today to make sure that they don't spend more than that. Hmm. especially if it's by platform and by sub platform and by campaign within the platform, et cetera, et cetera. It's very complicated. And so what we do with Extend is we allow basically all these marketing agencies to create as many budgets as they want, as many credit cards within a budget as they want. All these are digital cards. They take seconds to be set. And now they, what they can do is they can basically use these card for each, a different card for each uh, campaign, each platform, each client, sub-client, division, et cetera. And each of these cards have their own spend limit and validity date. And so at this point, there is no chance the platform is going to charge more the, the marketing agency than was set up at the beginning. And so it's actually quite helpful for them to, um, to do that. It's, it's, it basically prevents them to overspend if you want. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's one example. Maybe another one, a quick one is just, again, continuing to this example of... of um, paying for client campaigns Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the month these marketing agencies often need to turn around and go back to their client and say okay well you need to pay me back x thousand dollars i've spent and that means that they need to reconcile all these transactions that have taken place on google ads on facebook on linkedin on whatever platform they are using for advertisement and they need to charge them back to the client it's really complicated when you have hundreds of clients hundreds of platforms, many, many more campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, with Extend, because you actually can tag all these virtual cards with codes, client code, project, et cetera, et cetera, you have really Mm. any number of codes you want to put. And come the end of the month, you can basically just run a uh, quick uh, pivot table if you want, and then you'll get immediately the spend that each client needs to reimburse you. And that actually is really a great value add for clients would usually spend weeks at the end of the month just thinking about how they are going to be able to reconcile the expenses that they incurred uh, with the one that you need to charge back to their client.
2: Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense and it gives you a, a, a different control point. I can only imagine like if you're putting this all on one single card today, <laughs> that's a nightmare scenario <laughs> to try to like break that spend back apart and then allocate it to each client. It's
0: a a nightmare. I was I remember, you know, I was taking to an agency that was in the movie industry, and hmm. they when we went to visit them, they opened a drawer, and in the drawer they had like probably like 20 plastic cards, (laughs) each with a post-it on it with the name of the campaign or the (laughs) time or the movie or whatever it was. And they were basically using these, they were taking photos of these, handing them through like a a Dropbox type of, of platform to the different members. (laughs) They <laughs> have no clue who's charging what. I mean, it's very complicated to get visibility and control what the card number is out. Uh, yeah. Really complicated. And, and I'm not even talking about reconciliation at this point. It's almost impossible.
2: Yeah. I mean, that that would be, I mean, that would scare I think every one of your bank partners to death, <laughs> right? This is card number is just floating everywhere. But um, it is
0: it is what's happening. That's
2: uh,
1: what's No, really I know.
2: Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean... So you've got, I mean, it's a fairly straightforward use case, right? You create virtual card numbers off of a, a common account, and then you can use those for any different use case that you just described. You can set budget limits. You can tag them for reporting later. That makes a lot of sense. But you do have this like B 2 B to C or B 2 B to B sell through, right? Because you're you're working with banks, you're partnering with them, and then you're ultimately kind of I think jointly going together so to speak, to the businesses that they support. How do you think about like getting your your channel partners to help you or your partners, your banking partners, to help you promote your product to their customers? How does that manifest?
0: Yeah, the b 2 b to b model is definitely challenging when it comes to uh, marketing. Mm. We don't have necessarily as much of a, of a direct access to our prospects. day-to-day basis and so that actually makes it uh challenging and and uh, and so you know obviously we have put in place a framework and a number of processes that actually work so let let me just maybe talk about a couple that i think might be uh, helpful and interesting here i think the, the the first thing is i think that is important to remember is we we work with these very large card issuers and we have worked with them for many years. I think what helps here is that we understand and really respect their constraints. They are subject to, like every large companies, but even more probably in the financial services industry, they're subject to a lot of constraints, regulatory constraints and others. So I think that's that's the first piece. You know, it's almost like the foundation to actually working on this B2B model, B2B2B model. I think the, the second thing is to make sure that the product that we have actually aligns really, really well with their own value proposition, if you will. Right. So we create, as I mentioned, I took about the 43% that year. So we create, that va- our product creates value for our bank partners, our product creates values for their clients mm-hmm. and for their employees. And this alignment of incentive, I think is also another foundation. And then once you have these two elements of you know, the trust and the respect of the constraints, and on the other hand, the, the product actually as a value proposition that is very aligned with the partner, I think you already have a very strong foundation to build on top of that what it takes to sell. And so, a couple of things that we do uh, when we work hand in hand with our partners. The first one is we do train their salespeople, their servicing team, their marketing team, their legal and product teams. We train them all at different levels, but so that they actually really understand our solution really, really well. I think that's a a must. And it takes a lot of effort on our hand. We collateral together, we, we um, spend time with them, etc. That's the first piece. The second thing is we actually uh, equip their sales team in particular with sell, selling tools, demo account as an example, and more, as well as sales collateral, presentation one-pagers, etc. etc. And because these are uh, card issuers, you know, we have to work upstream, upstream with their compliance team to make sure that and their product team to make sure that everything we put together uh, goes through the the right channels and is approved. And then the, the third thing that we do is that we actually work very closely with their product and marketing teams to actually put together some co-branded marketing ads or acquisition emails, etc. So we actually work hand in hand also with them. I mean, uh, for us, it's it's truly uh, wonderful when we see one of our card issuers partner, push some thousands and thousands of emails and (laughs) and add to their own clients saying, hey, why don't you also use Extend? Because it actually is going to be great for you. And it is truly great for them. Yeah. It's actually they're not lying when they say that, all the opposite. I think it's 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 very helpful. Obviously we benefit from the trust of their and and the, the weight of their brand. And then we bring to the table the really a best-in-class product that actually makes sense for these clients.
2: Uh, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, and I love the aspects of how you're enabling your partners through training, equipping their sales teams, co-branding your marketing. I mean... It's important. It's
0: really yeah. important. And, and actually, another element that we should let you never forget is you know, these partnerships are working well when there's a strong governance in place. And mm. so... And I I learned that from my time in consulting and at American Express, Mm. putting in place like the governance structure that actually allow the two teams to get together on a regular basis, look at what works well, what does not, and really uh, work hand in hand to move forward from wherever they are at that moment.
1: Gotcha. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
2: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. And so, I mean, you're doing this co-branded marketing through their channels. So you mentioned email as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is you're also using kind of like their digital channels, whether that's their customer portals or things like that as well. There's definitely a bit of jujitsu going on here. That's like a la Capital One back in the day, where when they would send out direct mail pieces, they would just use the Visa and masterCard logo on the outside because no one knew who capital One was when they started. Do you feel like you guys are getting that halo of benefit through these partnerships as well at least initially
1: I think we
0: I think we do um, yeah. and I think it's part of the 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 model yeah
1: hmm
0: and it was a model from from day one it, again the there's a reason why these companies can uh, mentioned that they have a brand that is worth billions. Uh, it's because it's actually uh, recognized. Um, mm. It's trusted. It comes with a, an image of something. Uh, they represent something.
2: Right.
0: I am sure that BMO in, in Canada in mm-hmm. particular, but in the U.S. too, but in Canada in particular, means something for people who live in Toronto and across all of Canada. But again, these, yeah, these brands actually uh, mean something for the customers Especially when it comes to financial services, I have to yeah. say I don't know anyone who's excited about changing bank account, uh, <laughs> and, yes. yeah, and even less opening a bank account with a an unknown fintech or unknown brand. We, we all learn, and we saw the, we saw it in the marketplace the hard way. Yeah, yeah. You want you you you're excited to work with a company that actually can stand for themselves, and when it comes to money, um, people. are on the, on the careful side, I
2: would say. I mean, you're definitely providing, you're almost helping these larger banks, issuers, if you will, to become more like a fintech in the use cases that you are describing and the, and the types of extensions to their core capability that you're providing to them.
0: I, I think so. We, we I mean, we would never have, or not right now, the firepower that they have.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do
0: definitely add um, value to them through the the platform that is very flexible, very modern. Things that they they would for them would take a lot more time uh, to build, and it would be complicated, uh, more complicated maybe than than for a a, um, a company like like Extend, which is more nimble. As as an example, again, I've I've worked my time working, I've loved my time working at uh, Capital One and, and American Express, but with the, the size of the the size of these companies prevent them from doing certain mm-hmm. and in particular going fast and innovating and testing all the time. It's just more complicated. You can't blame them for that. It's the cost of in some ways it's the cost of of being large and and being large also comes with plenty of benefits. And so I think the the partnership model works really well in that case mm-hmm. where they can actually bring their firepower, their size their trust, their servicing, their sales force, etc. cetera all these really really fundamental pieces that people want to see in their, in their bank. And then we bring in maybe this little component that actually make their product even better. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that has been quite powerful.
2: Love it. Well, so how internally inside you've got marketing, you're also the COO. So like <laughs> we are talking to you a lot about marketing today, but you also have this like dual role. How do you organize your marketing function to support this go-to-market effort that we've just been talking about?
0: Yeah, yes, I, I do spend a little bit of time on, I mean, a lot of time on, on both uh, roles, if you want. On the marketing front, we have been very active. We started with very little marketing at the beginning because we didn't have yet the, the right partners or the right uh, infrastructure to actually grow. But in the last year, we actually tripled the size of the marketing team. We've been quite, quite excited about, about that. We also recognize that in addition to going uh, through partners, we also see the value and recognize the value of actually working and going direct to uh, a customer and prospect. And this really augments, the, and we do that in particular, but not only, but to augment the, the efforts of our partners. Mm-hmm. I think what we also recognize as a small company and a startup is that we really need to move quick. And you know, if you're a very established company, you do things maybe uh, one after the other, and sometimes as a, as a startup, what you need to do is do things at the same time. And so we are we are really creating all these integrated marketing programs that, that balance on the on the one side the, the building our brand and building some awareness of our product at the same time as we are doing uh, lead gen. And so these two things normally many many companies would actually do one after the other. We're actually doing at the same time. But again, if you look at the, the way we are structured today, we have one team that actually focuses on brand and digital marketing that covers everything from PR, corporate communication, you know, the brand, brand awareness, the marketing website, all our digital acquisition, and our marketing ops. Again, that's our brand and digital marketing. It's, it's led by a really master of corporate communication and, and marketing. Our name is Rebecca Joiner was has lots of experience and really, really rich experience. And then on the other side, I have another team that actually is a is a product marketing team that actually focuses on sales enablement, partner channel marketing and partner enablement, uh, customer communication as well as product launches and partner launches, also led by a wonderful, very strategic marketer in uh, Heather Hooks, who has also lots of experience. And she actually was a salesperson before. So when it comes to sales enablement, she actually understands really well what salespeople need. And so these two teams are really at the core, I guess, of of our marketing um, uh, effort. And then they are helped by a design team that actually covers both product as well as marketing. And we have in the marketing team, so in the design team, we have a graphic designer who is. Dedicated to marketing, um, which actually gives us lots of flexibility and speed to market. And obviously, she's gifted
2: too. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, that's awesome. So, I mean, this direct to con- or direct approach to getting your name out there as well. I hadn't been thinking about that until you mentioned it. Like, how do you, like you said, like in the early days, it's small budgets. <laughs> You're talking about these big banks you partner with; they have like magnitudes different size resources than you do what's been effective or, or how do you think about measuring the impact of those efforts to get your own brand out there
0: yeah well there is a there are lots of kpi that we track and they are fairly standard i would say uh you know we look at the whole marketing funnel and we try we track everything related to awareness uh, we have matrix at the middle of the funnel matrix at the the bottom of the funnel whether it's everything from PR successes to marketing site visitors for awareness and all the way to conversion, obviously, for the bottom of the funnel. We also track engagement with our clients. So, once you know, the marketing, from my perspective, never stops at the moment clients are in the door. Marketing actually continues once customers are um, in the door, and so whether it's, it's trying to cross sell them uh, more or just or like engaging them with what we do. And I think we are, you know, we are very active on prospect as well as on
1: on customers.
2: Love that. Love that. I mean, I I do think that your marketing challenge is one part, getting them on stand and using it for all the use cases we've been talking about, but then maintaining their usage and growing that usage over time to help both you as well as the partners. because more if you thinking about this in terms of the more spend that i can pump through benefits you as well as the banking partner
1: that's that's that, right and, that. and
0: but ultimately it also benefits the clients and i think we well, yeah. <laughs> never forget like, because yeah. they actually see like better control better visibility right. increase of the efficiency that is incredible and for many <laughs> who you know some a lot of businesses and, and individuals are love to get more cash back or oh, rewards. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and
0: yeah. so the more they can actually push towards cards, then there is the, the more reward they have. And we, we hear very strong feedback from our clients that actually the promise is delivered uh, to them and they actually mm-hmm. are able to get all these benefits that we told them about. So that's a, that has been the exciting piece.
2: I'm thinking about my uh, I have a friend who is a director of a a pretty popular like home tv show and um i'm I'm thinking that if he doesn't know about you guys he has to because he loves his black card from mx (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure it's because he's pumping through so much of his production costs through that but i I'm, i'm worried that his assistants have that that box of cards <laughs> that you described as well, yeah, um,
0: or, or his card, his yeah, card, or
2: his, or his card, more, yeah, even worse to be to be honest.
0: I think it's it's you know the the beauty of the actual card is that they um, they give you so much more control and mm-hmm. visibility. I mean, every time I send a card to someone, the person can buy something, I will immediately see it,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and I will know who uses it, where, when which is not the case if I give my card number to someone. It's too yeah. late. Um, the number is out, can be shared. Here, that doesn't happen.
2: Well, it's been fun talking about virtual cards and, um, and mm-hmm. what, what, what you can do with it, and, as well as um, you know, the success that you're seeing with Extend in the business. So congrats to you and your partners. Oh, thank on you. That. One of the things we love to do on this show is get to know you a little bit better. And my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on the show is, what experience of your past defines or makes up who you are today?
0: Oh my goodness, this is always a very big question. I'm not sure I want to spend <laughs> all the time to answer it because I might get bored. Uh, but I, I'll, uh, maybe I'll give you a couple of pieces about my background there yeah. and, and what triggered who I am today, I guess. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the countryside of France for a couple of years and then moved to Paris. And I, this move actually created some tension between being pulled in two directions. And that theme of being pulled in two directions actually followed me throughout my life. My dad was a uh, an extrovert. He was a member of the French Parliament for many, many years. He was a, the president of the NATO Parliamentary Assembly. So, you know, very conventional, uh, if you want. And on though he was not that much, but you know, on the outside he looked like that. And my mom on the other side is is uh, more of a little bit of an introvert, but very much of an artist. And so again, somewhat you know as as Anyone, like when you grow up and your parents are somewhat of models for you, like it created some tension. Uh, again, it was like I was being pulled in one direction or in the other. And it was somewhat of a, you know, they were formative. They were at the time where my brain and my, my career were being formed, I was thinking about these, uh, these two angles for my life. And so as I like, grew up, as I was being torn between these two paths, one that was more of a traditional business, uh, more conventional, versus something that was about creating. And I could never, I was really struggling, I would say, between these two, until so at some point, I realized that actually there is an intersection between these two. And it's actually being an entrepreneur. Sure. You can create, you can be a, some of an artist as an entrepreneur. You create things, and, but you're also in the world of business and you can make it as conventional as want. Well. Um, And so I think that's, that has been maybe the, if you look at my DNA in some ways, that's, that's what it is. That's what maybe brought me to where I am today. And, and as I mentioned earlier, everything I've done since actually uh, 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 demonstrate that. Yeah. Mm. I've created a lot of different things with my life, my professional life.
2: I love that. And thank you for sharing. There's, I, I think not everyone comes to this question with this, what you have described, but there have been a few and it's not described the way you have, but there is this, this notion of a duality, right? That like we kind of have to, this tension in our life, whether it's you know, country or city or politician, you know, traditional route or non-traditional route. I think they do that in the tension itself is kind of how you, and where the space in which you can define yourself. And I, I love yeah. that you found entrepreneurship as the outlet. Well, well, did you have this type of tension at you? grew cool? I did a little bit in the fact that like my, my parents were like, had traditional jobs, you know, like worker class jobs. <laughs> my mom was an x-ray technician. My dad was a, a city worker, but my dad was also like a closet artist. But oddly, also liked math, and it was like this weird thing of like, how can you be a math person and like really good at it, but also create? And I don't know. It, it took me a while to figure out that, and I think after I had been in marketing for a while, that actually marketing is kind of a combination of math and and artistry, all in one as well. So um, I think maybe I found my found my space through that as well. So.
0: I, I don't disagree with where he landed, uh, actually. Uh, it is the market, marketing as evil, first of all. Well, lot, some of it is a science, actually.
1: Uh, there's is
0: mm. zero doubt of that, about that in my mind. And you can be as quantitative as you want there or not. But there is no doubt that you can, you can optimize for marketing. And that's where you right. think more of a science than an art. And I, I was talking about Cialdini's earlier, remember so well, like, the way I used to be a teaching assistant in, at MIT,
1: yeah.
0: my, my business school degree. And you know, we, we taught students on how you can influence people. And uh, we relied a little bit on that book. And it's incredible. It's incredible what you can do to get people to follow your, your lead. And I think that has been, um, again, that has been, it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating today that we can still use the same principles. That they are there. Again, it goes back to this idea of a science, but there's also an artistry to it.
1: It's, I mean,
0: I see people who are phenomenal marketers because they are so good at putting a story together. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm i always in awe when I see that.
2: It's awesome. Well, if you were starting this journey all over again, what would you advise your younger self?
0: Well, I guess I, I would have many, many advice. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go through a very long list, but I think the one advice I would give to someone, and I guess it depends how old they are or to myself, is really commit. I think it's you have to learn to make decisions and commit to the decision you make. And I think I see too many people who start something and switch off after X weeks, months, whatever. I think it's really important to commit to something, to become somewhat of a an expert to whatever it is. It could be art, it could be a professional, uh, it could be a, a profession, it could be a sport. But I think committing is really important. It's the 10,000 hours example where you, know, you need to do something a lot in order to really be somewhat good at it. And obviously, there are always exceptions, but I always think about Mozart. You know, Mozart, if he had not committed to music, would never have done what he has done. And and so it's important not to give up. I like think it's important to, when you make a decision, you stand by the decision you made. And that, I think again goes back to committing and, and
1: yeah, that's it.
2: Love it. Um, well, is there a topic that you think marketers need to be learning more about or you're trying to learn more about yourself?
0: <laughs> well, there's definitely one that everyone <laughs> is talking about nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the the... The gorilla in the room, I think, uh, with everything that is happening with AI nowadays, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to be worried about AI, and I think there are plenty of reasons also to be excited about it. I don't know where, it's gonna, where we're going to land with AI. I don't think anyone knows, but I don't think it's, it's going to go away. And at right. the end of the day, I look, personally, I look at AI as a tool, at least the way it is today. It is a tool. and Thinking about uh, 2001, The Space Odyssey, if you, you saw that movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I always thought about this image where the, the, the monkeys at the beginning are there and there's this big black rectangle. The <laughs> monkeys are finding the first, they are, the, the monkey is picking up a, I think it's a bone or something like that, to hit someone else. Right. And, and, uh, and it's the discovery of the tool. And I believe very strongly that a, someone, a human, with a tool is always going to be stronger than someone without a tool. And if AI, again, I look at it as a tool, I think there's a benefit somewhere there. And I think we have to figure it out. Again, there's a lot of reason to be worried, but so many more, I think, to be excited about. And uh, I certainly encourage my team member to learn about it. It's nothing, nothing wrong about that.
2: Yeah, no, it's, a, it's definitely a fascinating technology. More to come, for sure. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: and, and these things come, come, I mean, these new solutions come every day. There's a new one. Oh, a, little, yeah. a little bit too many, actually, uh, but it's it's exciting.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, are there, on a personal level, are there brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should take notice of?
0: <laughs> yeah, there are a couple. There is a, I was thinking about this, you know, there's a French brand, which probably, they do in Canada also, but it, the French brand It's called Decathlon. It's a sports uh, equipment, almost supermarket. And I love the fact that they are so product, client-focused. They, they make everything, they, they do everything they can to actually make their product very easy to use, very practical. And it's all about democratizing the, the sport gears for the, the best sport gears, if you want, for everyone. Mm. And they are very innovative. They test constantly, etc. And, and I, I find that really exciting as a, as a product. And I, I look at the marketing they do, and I follow the marketing they do, and it's, it's quite it's quite clever. They have implemented a kind of an above-the-line, customer-focused marketing approach. A, a very strong emphasis on the emotion that users feel in the environment where they use the, the, the gears that they get on sale. I think it works quite well. It's very different from what Xtend obviously does from a, a product standpoint, but also from a marketing standpoint, because I think Extend, what Xtend has implemented is a somewhat of a targeted and, and customer-focused marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. Approach and, and with a very strong focus on the benefit of, and the value of the platform that we, we offer to business. So, again, it's very different, um, but I, I follow that brand. I, I see what they do. I mean, I follow others. I love what Patagonia does. I I right. love the fact that they have created such a community uh, and their focus on sustainability. And they, not only that, but they also live by their words. Yeah, what they, what mm. they promote out there, they actually implement, implement with their their own employees so it's very fascinating to follow what uh, patagonia is, is also doing.
2: yeah well to your words you mentioned earlier they they've really committed you know uh,
0: yeah, yeah exactly i mean they've given away uh, basically i think the, the founder gave away the company at some point so,
2: right exactly i
0: mean truly fascinating
2: yeah well uh, last question for you what do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today
0: well i think i'll go back to what i was just talking about just <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I think it's as a marketer. I think you you need to constantly learn. The market, the the landscape is moving, is evolving quite quickly, actually. And so you need to learn about new tools. We talk about AI as an example, but also new channels all the time. Like I mean, I, I think about news outlet as an example. Mm. What what is the definition of the news outlet today? When you have people on TikTok who have like million and a half followers, right? Or you, Alan, who have like tons of followers, also right. listener. I mean, are you a news outlet? And I think that's a, you know, I, I think about marketers and I think like, how do you, how do you stay on top of all these? Um, now, what's interesting to me is as a, marketing for me is like almost like a, like a cake. You know, you, the, the center of the cake, the cake itself remains. Yeah. The, the marketing mm-hmm. foundation have not changed. Either the five Ps or et cetera. You need to know, you need to understand that. I think these are the foundation. They don't change. What changes is everything that is on top of that. It's so almost like the frosting, you know, it's like right. all these changes and you have new tools, new channels, new everything, but at the core, the, the, the foundation for marketing actually does not change.
2: I love, I love your analogy of the cake with the frosting. I, I agree. I think you're, I think you're on to something there. I think it makes perfect sense. Well, Guillaume, thank you for coming on the show and, and sharing what you're doing in this kind of interesting, but yet complex B2B to B market. And I really appreciate your insight.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me
2: awesome. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There, you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.